Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jose Palomino, CEO of Value Prop and your host on Business Growth on Purpose. And we're continuing our series on strategy for small and mid-market businesses, primarily in B2B. And in my early episodes, I talked about how kind of strategic models could feel a little bit heady. And they a lot of them were designed with very big industry-making type uh, companies in mind and can sometimes feel to an owner, leader, Uh, at a company in a $10, $20 million revenue range as being not especially relevant. So we've developed a model over the years, um, again, working with owner-led businesses, mostly in industrial B2B categories for close to 20 years now. Um, And this model is saying, let's take the best ideas of kind of real strategy development, Michael Porter's five forces markets, uh, the discipline of market leaders, even BCG's uh, matrix for what market to be in uh, and what is your product in in that category, all those big ideas. And let's distill this down to a couple of key questions that if you answer them with a little bit of intention, you can really start formulating for yourself a real strategy. And so first question, of course, is what key measurable objectives will you track Will you set a goal for and will you forecast? And last episode, we expanded on that considerably. Uh, so listen to the prior episode on this series and you'll see what we what those uh, growth goals could be. And then uh, the second question we said is what customer and decision maker is ideally matched to your distinct value? So we want to expand on that a little bit today. Uh, just that question here. That's our second question. And and, and so we look at it a couple of different ways, but we really do want to create alignment. At, at the end of the day, you do certain things very well, uh, which is why you're in business, why you make sales happen and so on. And there's probably a customer out there, you probably have a few of them now, who really appreciate that thing that you do well. You may have a lot of other customers who think of you a different way. They may not think of that quality dimension that you think is so important. Uh, but they're just, you're available, you're on time, or they don't think about the, uh, they don't think about you being on time, but they're more concerned with the the finished product quality, whatever that is. There are many reasons why people buy. And and something we like to say is buyers in a category buy for reasons, buyers in that category buy in that category. And I'm not trying to make a a children's rhyme out of this, but just saying that buyers have their reasons. And sometimes as providers, vendors, suppliers, we think of what we like to do, what we think we do well, what we, uh, what we wish the world saw us as. And it may not be what your ideal customer would be thinking about. So I'm going to give you four principles to look at. And with your leadership team, really talk about this, think about it, to really develop your or to identify your real target customer. And I always like to think about it in terms of if you look at all your customers that you have today, 
who are the three or four that you would clone if you could, that you wish you could make? Boy, I wish I could stamp those out just like that one. And then we'd be very successful, right? You'd have those growth goals we talked about uh, last episode, uh, both on revenue, on margin, on EBITDA, and even valuation would really be, would benefit greatly from you having a connection to your best customer. So let's assume for now, just to go through this process with me, uh, that uh, you don't know who your best target customer should be. And you may be broadly in a category. Let's say you, you're in transportation. You sell people who make uh, rail cars or something like that. So you're in the railroad business. But even within that, there's subsets of people who serve that market. Maybe you're a sub-supplier to somebody who makes a, a, a particularly uh, important uh subsystem that gets plugged into a rail car. Maybe you're the one who makes that subsystem. Uh, maybe there's a particular type of buyer, right? A buyer category. Is it the head engineer? Is it project manager? Is it the C-level person? Whoever that is. So what we like to look at here is uh, four things, as I mentioned. And the first one is problem. What problem do you solve? What problem do you solve best? So think about the problem from the customer's point of view. It's very easy to think that our issue is we sell, you know, we sell paper. Okay, great. You sell paper. But what's the problem in, in, that you might solve with a subscription program where you're going to regularly deliver paper a certain type? Uh, perhaps there's a problem with the quality of paper. Uh, maybe they're now looking at uh, as a firm to upgrade their image. So they want bright white paper. And again, that sounds very simplistic. It makes you start thinking about the office. Uh, but the reality is there's a problem that somebody has that matters to them. And it's not about your product. Your product is a way to solve that problem. So really understand what is the problem you align best with. And then you start thinking, well, we sell paper, but we sell it in different types of uh, quality. We sell it uh, different availabilities in terms of making it automatically delivered to you, different um, maybe different quantities. We don't use standard reams. We do things that are ideal for smaller printers. Again, I don't, I'm not a paper guy, but uh, other than buying paper, but you get the idea that they might be things you do or could do to solve their problem. And so if you sell something bigger, like equipment that goes into a production line, well, the problem then is meeting the goals of their production those are the challenges they're faced with. And those could be sometimes measured, you know, your product may be a $50,000 sale, but it's part of a production line that has to produce a million dollars a week of product. So all of a sudden you're aligned now with a million dollar a week problem. The bigger the problem that you solve or that you help solve, the more you can make the case for your offering at the price you want to get for it. I'm not saying you're going to get $950,000 for something that, in your category typically goes for 50, but you might get 55, a 10% bump relative to your competition if you package it in a way that makes that assembly line work better. You package, you bundle in some installation service. Uh, you're willing to deliver it on a weekend when they're taking the line down for, uh, for routine maintenance. Those are all things because a lost day of production installing your machine or even a few hours of production uh, could be worth more than the cost of your machine. So think about the problem you solve. And that's a rich conversation to have. The second dimension we like to look at and, and really challenge you to think about 
is what experience do you have with that ideal customer? Again, you might sell to quite a few different industries or even a few industries and a few different kinds of buyers. And you've identified the one whose problem we solve best is whenever we can get uh, involved with a general manager, for example, somebody at a high level position, uh, because what we solve is big enough and those production line issues don't really matter to somebody whose only job is like maintenance. But if we can get to the GM, so the question is, do you have experience working with that person? Uh, do you know what really matters to them? Do you have some uh, connections, people that you could talk to uh, that could introduce you? So that's where experience really matters. And, and we don't like to see somebody set a target market that's very theoretical, a target customer that you say, yeah, that'd be great if only we could. And, and then I ask, well, how often have you ever gotten to that level in the conversation? And if the answer is never, there's a reason for that. Perhaps your category is not seen strategic enough and you can't get to that access of that person. Um, so you have to really think about that. And which brings us to the next point. Experience is one thing, which gives us then the third thing is access. Can I get to this person? Can I get to that co company? Uh, we're going to talk about ways of approaching that, but just historically, do you know how to get there to, to that person? Do you have an idea? Um, do you, uh, do you have those people right now that you can talk to? And then do you understand, uh, how that target customer, what their growth goals are and how they align with yours, right? Are they a growing company that you can grow with that if they buy one machine for you, they might buy several and so on. So those are things you want to look at. So when you think about your ideal target customer, one whose problem you solve, and hopefully in somewhat of a unique way, one who you have experience dealing with, one who you think you have a, a line of sight access to, and one who you understand what they want to do and that their, their goals for their future align with your goals for your business's future. Because then you can start talking about collaboration and how you can work together uh, and meet their needs as they are looking to expand and go beyond where they are now. So these are just some thoughts. There's many other attributes you can look at for a target customer, but I would really emphasize problem, align with their problem, find the bigger problem that you can help solve, quantify it if you can, if you can show why that problem is. And we're going to talk about creating value the next time we get together. But just for now, just hold that thought. Um, problem is if, if, the, the, if you can identify the customer whose problem you solve best, in a unique way and you can you have some experience with them and you can access them and you can have a conversation about creating a mutually beneficial future that's an ideal target customer in b2b categories hard to do if this were easy everybody would be doing it but it's a really worthwhile conversation to have with your leadership team so this is Jose Palomino signing off from Business Growth on Purpose. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. And if as you listen to this series, you'd say uh, you're thinking you'd like to talk to me, uh, feel free to drop me a line. You can find me on LinkedIn, of course. Uh, there aren't that many Jose Palominos, a few like maybe soccer players, but you'll know it's me uh, with Value Prop. And or you can just drop me a direct line, Jose, J-O-S-E at valueprop.com. And if you're the owner operator of a B2B company, uh, roughly in that two to $30 million revenue range, and you're thinking about strategy, want to talk about strategy, 
just reach out. We can have a conversation. You know, I'm happy to help anywhere I can. And uh, we can have that conversation and see what might be uh, in your future so you can grow your business on purpose. Until then, take care. Until next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.